This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich and this episode is called How to Build Value in the Mind of Your Buyers. As always, I'll kick off this episode with a quick story before I introduce my guest. My client, Barb, reached out to me recently because she's struggling. She's an outstanding consultant who helps leaders build collaborative, innovative organizations. She knows her stuff. She delivers great value, but she struggles to tell her story and attract new clients. Here's what she told me. It's hard, she said, as a woman to put myself out there as an expert. Barb's head was so full of advice from the so-called marketing experts who say you have to position yourself as the best so-and-so or the most such-and-such. That feels too pitchy for Barb. It doesn't feel honest. It feels inauthentic. I know so many coaches, consultants, and other experts who feel the same way. They're great at what they do, maybe even the best or the most, but they don't feel comfortable marketing their services. Inauthentic? That's a word that I hear a lot. Here's what I told Barb. The best way for you to market authentically is to tell stories that reflect your prospects and clients' journeys. Where are they and what are they feeling before they work with you? Where will they be and what will they feel after they work with you? If you evoke the journey your prospects wish to take, they will respond. They will believe the story because it is authentic. It is their truth. When you connect that way with prospects, they will tune in and turn on and believe in you as a trusted expert. They will see your value. You don't have to claim to be the best or the most. They'll see what you bring. I also told Barb this, in a few weeks, I'll publish a podcast episode with Patty Block. Listen to that because Patty knows what you're going through and she'll offer a ton of great advice on how to overcome obstacles and thrive as a woman business owner. And now, here I sit in the Story Power Marketing Show studio, ready to interview Patty for this podcast episode. Patty Block teaches women business owners who are experts in their fields how to turn up their power to price, sell, and run their business on their own terms. This means fine-tuning their operations and scaling their revenue for strategic growth. As their trusted advisor, she brings a unique perspective, having experienced and solved many of the same complex issues women face as leaders, moms, daughters, and sisters. Forming a partnership of unbiased accountability, she helps women position their companies financially, operationally, technologically, 
for game-changing results. Patty raised three fantastic kids, all of whom are business owners and also work in Patty's company. She essentially raised her own workforce. And for all of you men in the audience, Patty's expertise applies not just to women business owners. Patty's guidance regarding finance, operations, technology can help women or men build prosperous businesses that are a joy to run. Patty Block, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, happy to have you here. And, and uh, in, in the bio, it talks about you've overcome some of these challenges. Can you relate to that story I just told about Barb? Definitely. In fact, that's what I also hear. And there's so many kind of gurus in the marketplace. And of course, the loudest voices in the marketplace are the marketers, often the digital marketers. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of conflicting advice. We get a lot of expensive advice, and we don't really know what to do. It does feel inauthentic. And I'm a a big advocate of using stories to help your clients understand, help your buyers understand the kind of transformation you can achieve when they work with you. And this this episode is talked about is talking about how the how the you deliver value, how buyers will see the value that you bring. And and for all business owners, but women in particular, what is it beyond what I talked about that you coach your clients to do to deliver and demonstrate that value? So women do have different challenges than men. And part of that is the way we're raised. And there are two big issues that I see. One is we undervalue ourselves, which eventually leads to underpricing our services. And the second is that we are often operating from a very reactive place. And first of all, that makes it really hard for you to achieve your goals if you're always reacting and putting out fires and feeling that kind of tension and anxiety. Whereas if you can take a step back, plan ahead, have a strategy that perhaps it's for your pricing or for your sales. Those are the the two main issues that I teach around. When you can do that and be proactive, then you take off some of that stress that you're feeling and you will have a much better outcome because people around you can sense when you are stressed, when you're anxious and tense And that is not a good look. So when you talk about that feeling inauthentic, that comes often from that undervaluing ourselves, Mm -hmm. but then it's compounded with this issue of of, um, feeling like we're putting our, we are hesitant to put ourselves out there. Let me put it that way, because it doesn't feel good. And that is a mindset shift that has to happen as you're building your business, as you're trying to achieve whatever goals you've set out. And I'll share with you, when I was growing up, my mom used to make these fabulous cookies. The whole house smelled good. It was warm. The cookies were gooey. And all my life, I watched my mom eat the broken cookies. But it wasn't until I was a teenager that I even thought to ask her, why do you only eat the broken cookies? Do they taste better? 
And she laughed and said, no, I eat the broken cookies so you can have the whole ones. And not too long ago, I saw this really shocking statistic. 62% of women rely on their business for their primary income. And 88% of women business owners make less than $100,000 a year. And all of a sudden, this image of my mom eating the broken cookies popped into my head. And I started to realize that that is the pattern that I have seen since I founded my company in 2006. And I didn't really have language around what I was seeing. What is that pattern? Now I see that we undervalue ourselves, we underprice our services, then we overdeliver. So our profit goes poof. And what we're really doing is creating a self-imposed glass ceiling in our business. Most of the time, we're not aware of it. And even once we become aware of it, we think there's nothing we can do about it. And so a lot of what I teach is how to break through your self-imposed glass ceiling because you have a lot more power than you think you do. Yeah. And you used a couple of, of words and phrases as you went through that. One was being proactive and the other was mindset shift. And so uh, talk to us a little more about what you mean when you say you have to be proactive in order to uh, get where you want to go and, and overcome these challenges. Because we're raised as women to be mm-hmm. reactive, I think it's not as big a challenge for guys. And I could be wrong, Tom, you can correct me. But from what I've seen, I have two brothers and a sister. So growing up in my family of origin, I've raised two boys and a girl. I've seen that the guys, first of all, are raised to be breadwinners. There are certain expectations, and they're conditioned in a different way than we are as girls. And so that's that first piece of, for women, for girls, we're often very reactive. It's part of the reason that we apologize all the time, Mm -hmm. which frankly drives me crazy, but I hear it everywhere. And again, we don't realize we're doing it. It's such a reflex to say, I'm sorry. Or if somebody steps in front of you to say, oh, sorry, sorry. Wait a minute. They stepped in front of you. Why are you saying you're sorry? So all of those behaviors that are so ingrained in us. So what happens when we are reactive, our stress and anxiety goes up. We often do not feel like we're on a level playing field. So because of that, we go in feeling very insecure, unsure, not very competent, and definitely not confident. And so all of those feelings then keep us from doing our best work or having an effective sales conversation. One of the issues for my prospects and buyers and, and clients is that they're technical experts. And often they think in numbers, they think in jargon, they may not think in plain English of how to communicate effectively, what words to use and how to find the right language. And so that is often where we start is once you have the language, you know what your message is and how you want to deliver that, then you can have a much more effective sales conversation 
You can talk about your pricing without offering a discount that nobody asked for Mm -hmm. or discounting your price without telling them. And all of those dynamics that, again, we may not be aware of, but they're undermining our success. Yeah. And, and I'll respond to the, the question you raised, Tom, do you think this is something men experience as well? I would say it's a matter of degree. So men um, certainly suffer from crises of confidence and imposter syndrome and, and that sense of uh, uh, sort of uh, unsolicited sacrifice. But I agree with you, not nearly to the degree that women do. And I agree with you that that part of that is the result of conditioning and and so-called gender norms, um, where uh, I I think that um, men have certain advantages in that in in that regard in the business world. Back to this idea of you know of offering discounts even when you're not asked, even without telling, um, even without telling the client. What you've been describing is this concept that I, I I think that people get sacrifice for sacrifice's sake, or just as a matter of reflex, confused with delivering value. And that delivering value doesn't mean you always take the broken cookie that you always have to say, I'm sorry, that you always have to make sacrifices and, and that are at your expense. So how do you help define this notion of value and, and something you call value-based pricing um, to a woman business owner or any business owner? What? Let's start there. What's value-based pricing and, and how do you make sure that you're getting paid for Uh, the value of what you truly deliver? Well, first, I want to say that's a really great distinction that you've made and that confusion Mm -hmm. between are you eating the broken cookies, what I call the broken cookie effect? Are you then offering discounts because you're feeling insecure or unsure? All of those, that whole dynamic is so undermining of our own confidence. Mm -hmm. So, When we talk about value, there are things that are of value to your buyer that you may not think about. So, for example, you have spent your entire career building your network. Mm -hmm. People that you trust, they don't let you down. They're experts in their fields. And yet we act as though when we make introductions or we think of a resource for a client, We think of that as part of the service. That is a tremendous value to your buyers, to your clients. And we kind of discount that. And so part of it is taking stock, really getting clear on what is the value that you offer. And that's a lot less about your service than it is about who you are as a human being Mm -hmm. and how you treat others how you interact, how you make sure they're getting the outcomes that they want. So, for example, if a client came to you and was unhappy about something, I know you, Tom, I know you would fix it. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? You wouldn't say, oh, well, you didn't put in the work and so you didn't get the outcome you wanted. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say that any more than I would. And that is because of who we are as human beings. Right. right. So, and, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, this is this is a point where what you're sharing with us really intersects with the story that I told before that, that what you're talking about is empathy. I understand you. I know you, what you're talking about is personal connection, trust, liking all of those things. And, and when you bring that to the relationship with a prospect or a client, it's not all caught up in, wait, I'm keeping score. Is she the best at this or the most at that? Or, or, you know, how does she rate on this checklist? It's, I have a personal connection with this person who understands me, who knows what I'm going through and who clearly cares. And when you do that, which in, in my work begins by understanding and evoking that journey the prospect is on, that connection is formed and you're immediately establishing the idea that I'm here to bring value to you. And so it's, it's a really powerful and important thing. And I think it's it women who embrace what you're talking about will find it so much more liberating to talk about their business, to market their business, to set prices, to not apologize for the high uh, the high price that they set because the value is there. I think it's very powerful what you're talking about. Thank you. Yes, I agree with everything you've said. And there's another piece that I want to bring into this. It's not just about raising your prices. Yeah. If it were that simple, everybody would do that. Mm-hmm. To me, it is about the structure of your pricing and the rationale behind your pricing, which is all about value. But there's another piece that I think is really critical, and that is you need to be selling, and I say that in in air quotes, because women don't like to sell. Mm -hmm. And we feel very self-conscious about even using the word. I sometimes say it's like a four-letter word. So instead, think of it as enrolling. Think of it as offering, because that really is what you are doing. Your buyer has a problem or an opportunity that they can't realize without you. And the service that you're offering is going to be such a tremendous help to them. That's really the positioning. But often we are selling or offering to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong buyer. And they don't understand the value. Perhaps they can't afford to work with you. And they ask the wrong questions. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of red flags but we choose to ignore those mm-hmm. because we want the sale, because we want the revenue, <clears throat> excuse me, and because we want everybody to like us. Yep. So that, again, really undermines what we're trying to accomplish. So take the value that you're building and how you're communicating, how you've built your pricing model and how you talk about that. And couple that with making sure that you're finding an ideal buyer and that they really get what you're talking about. As much as you understand them, they need to start understanding you as well. Yep. And uh, men who are listening, press pause. 
then press rewind for about two minutes and listen to that again, because that was gold. And it was not just for women that spoke to all business people, men or women. And it was extraordinarily valuable what Patty just, just shared with you. Patty, tell us a little bit about your own journey, because um, you didn't just launch a business and come out of the gate with all of this figured out. You figured it out uh, by trial and error and, and by learning the hard way. So tell, tell us a little bit about your journey. So I'm going to start as a teenager. I want you to imagine I'm 17 years old. I'm curled up on a lumpy mattress in a rented motorhome in a steamy parking lot in Atlanta. It's nighttime. My family has gone to dinner, but the reason I'm there is because I'm so sick. I can't move. I can't see. I can't think. I am so sick and I'm all curled up. And my family traveled every summer when I was growing up. My dad was a card-carrying member of the Flying Physicians. Those are doctors who own airplanes, and it's their hobby. So we went everywhere in my dad's boiling hot six-seater airplane. And and there was a magic number, and that was 10,000, because at 10,000 feet, he could turn on the air conditioning. Now, I grew up in South Texas, and we were traveling all over the U.S., And when I say boiling hot, I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) And we couldn't turn on the AC until we got to 10,000 feet. And even then, by then, I was so sick that it the air conditioning didn't really help me. But what I realize now, all these years later, is that those flights and that anxiety was triggering migraines for me Mm. and making me physically ill. And to compound that, because I knew it would happen every summer, I was depressed the entire school year. I was depressed. I was anxious, worrying about knowing that I was going to have that crippling anxiety and that terrible response to the flight that was coming up. So what I realized in that moment in that motorhome was that I didn't even have the language to ask for help. No one was going to rescue me, and I was trapped. What I started to realize then was that I couldn't continue living like that. That had been happening for 10 years, and I just had nowhere to turn. Didn't feel like anyone understood me. Didn't feel as though... I could even use the words. I didn't even know the word anxiety. I don't think I heard that word until I was in my 20s. So what I realized in that moment is that I'm not the only one on earth who can't find the language to ask for help. And that became part of my mission. Mm. So when you hear me talking about how women often avoid those conversations, we don't speak up and speak out. It's just so much easier to be quiet and to not feel that resistance. So I, instead of asking for help, since I didn't really know how, I started looking for mentors, guides, therapists. I worked with so many different people to try and figure out what was happening to me 
and how I could change it. And through the course of that, realized it's especially acute for women and that part of my purpose on this earth is to help other women feel empowered, find the language, find their value and be able to talk about it in a way that is compelling and meaningful and authentic. And that is how I've built my company. I will also mention this is the second company that I've owned. The mm-hmm. first focused on political consulting and lobbying, which I loved, and it was fascinating, and I'd never do it again. <laughs> Especially these days, right? Especially these days. <laughs> but I had that company for about eight years, and I had to close it because I had a surprise divorce and three little kids at home, mm-hmm. and the lobbying required a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be home, stabilize things for my kids. My youngest at that time was two. He's now turned 30. So I have raised my children. I've helped them all get through college, graduate school, launch their careers. And now they're all three business owners. And I'm super proud of them. I'm also proud of myself because I didn't have any financial, logistical, or emotional support in raising those kids. But I always knew that I wanted to raise good human beings. And I've done that. And they work for you. And they work for me. That's right. So although I have to say, I taught my daughter how to do value-based pricing and I can no longer afford her. So, Outstanding. <laughs> I love that is, story. <laughs> I have to say, it is the best feeling in the world. The first time she sent me her renewed, her updated proposal, I stood up and cheered. I was so excited. And I called her to say, I am so proud of you and I can't afford you. So... She is a marketing advisor. She owns a digital marketing company, and she's an advisor for my company. And then I outsource the service to another marketing company. But yeah, so that it all comes back. It all works well. And so it's been a, my journey has definitely not been a straight line. It's been very difficult. It's been a challenge every step of the way, Mm -hmm. but I knew that I needed to close my business and get a job because I needed health insurance and a steady paycheck. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I went to an international school as director of development and then became director of operations and was there for almost nine years. And that whole time I was planning this company, which I founded in 2006. And I had saved, I had planned, I had reconnected with a lot of people from my older network and was able to start my company with clients. Mm -hmm. So I do focus on the mechanics, the operations and the finance of the company. But what I have found over the 16 years that I've been doing this work with women business owners is that there are plenty of people out there who can help you with the mechanics. There are very few who understand the depth and sometimes the, the seriousness of your inner struggle and where you are hesitant to speak up, where you're offering discounts that nobody even knows about, where you are not taking yourself as seriously, perhaps, as you wish others were. And it's really hard for others to see you as a proven, with a proven track record and as an experienced expert if you don't view yourself that way. And that lack of confidence will come across. 
So that is really what I teach. Yes, I help with mechanics and I will help you build a pricing model. I'll help you talk about it. I'll help you find your ideal buyers. I'll help you take them on a journey. All of those things I teach. But I think the core of what is missing goes back to the broken cookie effect. And it's about undervaluing ourselves and maybe not believing that we are as competent and as much an expert as we really are. Yep. I, I think that's so powerful. And and the part of your story that I, I really love is that you had this moment of realization. We call it an epiphany when you were, what did you say? 16 years old in that 17. Yes. Yeah. 17 years old. And, and to, to be committed to the, the self-improvement mindset journey to go seek help, to realize that you didn't have all the answers and that you were going to commit to going and finding those things. There are 40 and 50 and 60 year old business people who still resist the idea of doing mindset work or asking for help or, or admitting that they're struggling. And, and so to be on that journey and be committed to that work before you ever really even op- uh, entered the business world, I think that's extraordinary. The other part of this, it's extraordinary and and it should be inspirational, especially to those who resist this idea. Businesses thrive when the owners and the leaders are committed to this idea of working on their mindset and their and and their emotional journey as well as the operational and system stuff. But I love the fact that your business does provide those operational financial systems because and and that you're it's connected to you who brings to the conversation all of this this mindset work because so many people who are out there working with business people on these things will set up the finances will set up the sales funnels will will set up the the system it's it's sort of systems for systems sake and it's not there's no connection to all of that mindset and emotional journey stuff that you're talking about and i know in my work in story power marketing, when we talk about systems for story discovery and systems for finding what makes your prospects tick, so much of it is tied back to the mindset and the emotional journey. We put the systems in place so that we feel more confident, so that we feel more comfortable, so that we're not frustrated, so that we're not feeling that sense of doubt, so that we are getting through the mechanical stuff so that the machinery is working, so that we can step forward and be confident and deliver the value that we're meant to to bring. So there's a direct connection between the core focus of the mindset work you do and the systems work. The The two just operate in tandem. And I've not heard of a lot of businesses that have that model where both things are at play. And, and so, um, I, I just think it's, it's unique and valuable what you're doing, Patty. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your perspective on that. You know, I think we misunderstand what building and running a business is. Mm -hmm. And 
pardon the pun, but people think it's cookie cutter Mm -hmm. and it's not. You are an individual, just like every human is different. So is your business. And a cookie cutter approach really doesn't work well. And that's when you start feeling inauthentic. You start realizing you're not really aligned with what you're saying. And your buyers will sense that as well. So, and you know, when you've had the experience of talking to someone who says what they mean and means what they say, that's actually my motto. And that's how I was raised. That's what I believe about myself. And so, you know, when you're talking to somebody who's authentic and and really needs what they say, and you also know when you're talking to someone who's the opposite. That's right. And we need to learn to trust that more and to really be paying attention to those red or yellow flags and not to brush them off because that's our intuition. And again, we all have that gift of intuition and perception. And I I do make a distinction there because intuition is being tuned into yourself Mm -hmm. and perception is being tuned into others. And as women, we have both and we're very tuned into that. That's great, but we don't trust it. Mm. So your intuition may be telling you something and you rationalize it away. And again, tends to contribute to that glass ceiling. Yep. Yep. I love that point. So Patty, where can women who are interested in what you're talking about, where can they go to learn more, to connect with you, to have a conversation with you so that they can explore whether uh, you could provide some help and guidance to them? So I love meeting new people. So please reach out to me. And when you do, please reference this podcast so that I can make that mental connection. You can reach me through my website, theblockgroup.net, theblockgroup.net. And also, I'd like to offer your audience a free quiz. It's myrevenueroadblocks.com. And that will help you with that first piece of becoming aware of what is it that's in your way in terms of generating more revenue. The way I think of it and what I teach is how to generate more revenue with less stress. Mm. And the quiz will help you understand what's happening in your head, in your heart, and you'll get a report that will help lay out for you some of the limiting beliefs that we deal with and the first step you can take to knock down those road roadblocks. So I would encourage you to take myrevenueroadblocks.com quiz. And I look forward to, to meeting you. Please feel free to reach out. Yeah, myrevenueroadblocks, plural.com. I went through the questions, Patty, and, and uh, it, it was an interesting uh, and enlightening challenge for me. And I feel as if I'm on top of my game. And so... Um, you know, this is a, I would highly recommend that you check that out. You will learn something um, merely by going through the exercise of answering the question. And then the next steps that follow that uh, can, of course, be helpful as well. Patty, any parting thoughts before we call it a day? Yes. You have more power than you realize, mm. you have more choices than you realize. And that's actually what more revenue does for you. As you're generating more revenue, 
It gives you more choices, more power to then decide what is it you want from your business? What is it you want from your life? What legacy do you want to leave? How do you want to impact your staff, your family, your community? And as women, we come to things with a full heart. And I know you've done that in building your business, but you may still feel that struggle of that insecurity, that doubt, that wondering how you can do this differently. And that is really what I teach is how you can approach your business differently to really turn up your power. Terrific. Well, everybody out there in Story Power Marketing Show land, please check Patty out. Go to her website, take the quiz, uh, listen to the podcast, share it, and uh, we'll see you again down the road, Patty. I really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate you spending time with us today. Me too. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.